Welcome to Ticking Stock with Kelly McMillan. If the name sounds like a business show to you, then you've got it all wrong. Kelly McMillan is the principal of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks and will talk about shooting for fun, competition, hunting, and self-defense. Now, here is your host, Kelly McMillan. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, a wonderful time I had with my uh, friends and family, so um, I'm anxious to be back on the show. Got a great show planned today. Um, we're going to start off with our collegiate spotlight. I've got Ashley McAllister, the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers rifle team. Hi, Ashley. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Well, so here's here's your five to seven minutes to get to talk about uh the Huskers rifle team, uh, what people would want to know if they have uh, young athletes that are in the shooting sports interested in furthering their education and possibly shooting for the NCAA team. So start off, tell us everything we need to know. Yeah, so uh, as I think most know, we're a co-ed team, well, we're a co-ed sport the only true co-ed sport in NCAA sports, but Nebraska Rifle is an all-female team. So I have 11 girls on my team that are phenomenal. Um, They're just wonderful people overall, and we train five to six days a week and and compete pretty much every weekend in the springtime and basically the same in the fall, and it's, it's awesome. I make a point to let everybody know that this is probably the only sport where women can compete equally and win against men. Uh, You say you have an all-female team. Uh, Is there a reason for that? I mean, is it designed that way, or did it just so happen that the the best 11 shooters you could find were women? We're actually designed that way. So whenever our athletic department picked up the team uh, back in 1998, they decided they wanted to – to add a women's sport, so they made ours an all-female team, um, which is actually really interesting in shooting sports right now overall, that women are pretty much the dominating factor. Um, if recruiting is probably heavy on the female side right now versus the male side, and um, we kind of think it's going to trend that way in the next couple of years as well. Um, so you're an NCAA sanctioned sport. Um, tell us what any of the shooters would need to know about getting recruited, how they can, uh, best get in touch with you. Yeah, the biggest, the easiest way is to either give us a call or shoot us an email so that we, one, know athletes are, are interested. You know, a lot of individuals who are in, uh, shooting sports, especially through middle school and high school, some of them aren't always interested in kind of taking that commitment to the next level to go to college. And so we never know which ones are or are not interested. Uh, We obviously look and try to gauge at some of the bigger competitions. If, If they're at those competitions, we assume that they want to be competitive in, in rifle and potentially go on to college. So any of the USA shooting events, a lot of the uh, CMP, Civilian Marksmanship, uh, competitions for juniors, 
um, those are probably the the two big ones that we tend to to pay attention to the most. So tell us how the uh, Husker shooting team rifle team is doing now. I know you're right in the middle of the season, right? We are, we are. So this is kind of our our break right now. We've got uh, several athletes actually out at the Olympic Training Center today and tomorrow competing in uh, winter air gun championships. So they pretty much we don't have any team competitions this month, and we'll start back up early in January. But right now, um, the last poll that came out, we were ranked. Seventh, I believe. I don't believe that there's a new one that's come out since then, and um, we're we're right where we need to be for this time of year. You know, we've we've not peaked by any means, and we have gradually each competition that we have went to throughout this semester gradually gotten better each time. So I'm I'm excited to get them back, give them a little break, and get them back in the springtime so that we can continue to to improve and 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 work hard and. and on our way to hopefully NCAA championships. That's great, and good luck with the rest of the season. I like to quote uh, my good friend, Lonis Wigger, uh, when he says that it took him about five years to learn how to shoot and another five years to learn how to win. So when you're talking about getting, you know, you're not shooting at your your peak yet and you're building to that, I, I know how that works. So uh, good luck for the rest of the season and into the NCAAs. Thank you so much. I know I will tell you I had trouble finding the uh, the Huskers rifle team on the website. So can you tell us exactly how to get to the point where they can check the rifle team out and, and communicate with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to our, our athletic website, which is uh, Huskers, huskers.com, and uh, go to the rifle team page in I think my uh, my email address, as long as and my assistant email address and phone numbers to our office are both should be listed underneath our biographies, um, as well as we'll have our online scoring um, a link up in the the more tab. Great. So that's huskers.com, and then search rifle team, and, and that information will come up. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us. I really appreciate you sharing your program with us. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, that was our collegiate spotlight. And as uh, she pointed out, um, women seem to be dominating the NCAA level of shooting sports. Uh, It doesn't surprise me a bit because some of the best shooters in Arizona for a long time have been women. There's a, a family of shooters that has made their, their name uh, around here, and, and most of them women, say, except for the, you know, the patriarchy of the family. But, uh, yeah, it's good to hear that uh, there are shooting sports specifically targeted for women. I like to hear that. Now, we're going to get right into our first guest. Um, this guy's been a, a friend, a customer, um, compatriot of McMillan uh, for a long, long time. It seems a lot longer than it really has. Um, his name is George Gardner, and he's the owner of GA Precision. GA Precision has become pretty famous for building really 
accurate, high-quality guns at a reasonable price. I think when when I first started working with George and selling him stocks for his rifle builds, um, it was maybe a two-man shop. Uh, I suspect now that it, it's much, much bigger than that because they build a lot of guns. So as soon as he gets on the uh, line, we'll get him introduced. bio that I have for George is... Um, He's been gunsmithing and building rifles for over 16 years. He apprenticed under three different gunsmiths uh, who together have a total of 75 years experience. I'm sure George will share who those guys are. And for the past 14 years, and it sure seems like 30 to me, but for the past 14 years, he's been building precision bolt action rifles. As a matter of fact, when I sold the rifle company and I realized that I wanted, okay, great. Um, when I sold the rifle company and I realized that I didn't have an M40A5 to go with uh, the M40A1 that I had, plus the, the, the um, Chris Kyle rifle that I had, in the, I only knew of one person to call to have them build that rifle for me. So I called George and, and he put together an awesome M40A5 that's now hanging in my uh, museum uh, and I encourage anybody who gets to Phoenix that wants to stop by the shop and take a look uh, around, get a tour of the shop, and you know, just kind of wander through our museum. I, I recommend you do that. Hey, George, welcome. Hey, sorry, I lost you there for a little bit. Good to be with you. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, it gave me a time to, to let everybody know a little bit about you, but I'm going to ask you to start way back uh, when you were young. Let us know how you got to where you are and, and what influences uh, you had in your life that uh, kind of steered you towards the firearms industry. Sure. Um, I was always kind of interested in shooting. My grandfather took me hunting when I was really young, started out kind of dove hunting and then shooting rabbits and joined the military, shot on some military rifle teams, uh, got out of the military in 1993 and started shooting competitive high-power rifle here in Kansas and Missouri. Uh, made my way up to the Kansas State champion at one point. Um, was always interested in guns. I was a law enforcement officer. I worked on the K-9 unit and was on the SWAT team here in North Kansas City. Uh, was able to kind of meet an old cantankerous gunsmith in Platte City, Missouri and befriended him and kind of started helping him out. And that's kind of where I got my roots is helping in a local gun shop and always kind of wanted to to learn how, you know, the big guys did things. So my first precision gun was actually one of Robbie Barkman's Robar guns with your guys' stock on it. I started, you know, competing with that and learning from other people on on how to get into the trade. And um, there's probably a laundry list of people to help along the way, but some of them were Marty ba- Bordson from Badger Ordnance, lo- the local gunsmith I was talking about, um, Hank, and then... Uh, Fred Lipowitz here locally, and kind of from there, I had an opportunity to send my wife off to nursing school, and she was, you know, making more money than I was at the police department and needed something else to do to make a little bit of money, so I decided to take up gunsmithing, mainly building high-power rifles for the local competitors, and then some uh, more precision-type guns for law enforcement. (laughs) I remember back then there weren't any websites and there weren't, you know, forums, there was just email groups, and there was a large one that had to do with police weapons, and we got to be pretty popular on there building guns for law enforcement, and it, literally, it's, the history kind of took off from there, but that's the early workings of it. 
Well, uh, first off, it'll take me about five minutes to thank you for your service and all the different ways that you've served our country. I really appreciate that. As you know, we've always had a, a real close relationship with the Marine Corps. You, you said you were in the military. With what branch? Correct. I was in the Army. I was a military policeman. Um, served most of my ter- time over in Germany. Uh, when we came back to the States, I actually got assigned a very interesting assignment that not too many people get. I was an investigator inside the military prison at Fort Leavenworth. And that's what pretty much landed me here in the Midwest. You know, I'm from California. I just didn't go back. Of course, doing business in the firearms industry in California would be rough. So, so this is home now. Well, great. And like I said, once again, thanks for your service. I really appreciate that. And I know everybody that listens to this show does too. Uh, you mentioned in your bio that there were three different people who in, influenced you in your, your gunsmithing, three mentors. You want to name those guys? Yeah. Um, well, Marty Bortson probably, I would say, did the most from Badger Ordnance. He, his wife came, kind of funny, came to medical school here in Kansas City. His, he was living in South Dakota and working for Dakota Arms as an engineer. Um, he's the one that designed the longbow and some of the tactical firearms there at, at Dakota Arms. So he moved out here uh, with his company, Badger, and needed a place to do some machining and showed up at, a, at our gun shop um, that I was building guns out of. So I got to know Marty. He's the one that showed me initially how to barrel guns and, you know, how to indicate a gun in and what, what makes things accurate and whose barrels were great, who's, you know, to stay away from. I mean, I learned a lot from him. Uh, the initial person that got me into was a man named Harold Willoughby, uh, an old gunsmith here in the Kansas City area. It's just one of those guys that if you needed a front sight on your shotgun, if you wanted something blued, if you wanted a gun you know, machine for a muzzle brake, um, that's the shop I was referring to that I, that I kind of started out and got roots in. And then the third would be Fred Lipowitz. He uh, was the gunsmith in a, in a large gun shop here in Kansas City that I ended up befriending and helping out doing a lot of repair for, and he actually let me, for somewhat, rent a bench and use his machinery and the first guns the GA Precision built way back when we first met would have been on his machines and his shop. So those are the three I, I mentioned in my bio, and they were a huge reason that, that the company became successful, and I owe a lot to those guys. Yeah, you know, this, this industry probably is the only one left where... One, you can still have garage businesses that are successful. Uh, and two, where, you know, people actually mentor other people and get people into the business that, you know, for a lack of a better word, end up being competitors. But that's just the way it is. I mean, there's, there's very few secrets out there. And uh, the firearms industry is really good about sharing them. And, and that's, uh, you know... You know, that's how my dad got started. That's how I got in here. I just listened to other people and, and what they had to offer and, and tried to learn as much as I can. Um, having mentors like that kind of changes your life in another way because I, I personally know that you're big into mentoring people. Yeah, I have, I've got several guys that worked for me that have spun off and are doing their own things. Um, some of them successful, some others not so successful, but... Uh, Moon at Crescent Customs, you know, he's a one-man operation, is doing really well. Um, I see him quite a bit. He's still in the area. Another one of my uh, gunsmiths, uh, we call him Flounder, but Jeff Hayes started a Riverbend 
gunsmithing here in Weston, and he basically does kind of what Harold did. He just is a, a, a gun shop for guys to bring their pistols and shotguns and stuff to, to to work out kinks and stuff, and that's kind of what he always wanted to do is be that town gunsmith. And then I think at last count there's seven pretty large-name gunsmiths that were, were customers of mine at one time. I mean, guys that we built guns for, there were competitors that got so into it, kind of like I did, you know, wanted to build their own stuff or get into the business, and now they have their own companies, and at one time they were customers of mine. I mean, I won't mention them because I don't know if that would be proper, but, I mean, there's lots of those guys out there, and I, I think that's pretty cool, really. Yeah, it, it's a, a testament to you, uh, Feather in Your Cap, for being able to provide these guys a platform that creates that kind of desire for them to to get in, in business and, and be their own boss. And, and yeah. you know, that's really cool. Uh, you know, there are some guys who run good businesses that aren't necessarily uh, easy to get along with or easier to work for, but it seems to work for them. Um, you know, I think that there's a, a certain thing about, you know, having employees that that want to be here, that enjoy what they're doing, buy into the the uh, culture and and try to to maintain the reputation that we have and and I know from knowing you and your crew you have all those same characteristics in the people that you work with yeah we got a good shop i mean it's we've always had a good shop uh, right now i think we're the, one of the most cohesive shops i've ever had as far as everyone here is you know hangs out with each other they shoot together you know, they go out together. It's, it's. Uh, I'm pretty proud of the guys I got now. I mean, uh, it's always been similar to that, but right now it's, it seems to be stronger than ever. And, you know, you lose guys, and mainly it's, you know, I got guys here with college degrees that have probably could be making three times what they make here that are working here because they love the sport. But eventually, you, you know, you, those guys get married and have kids, and you lose them, and, you know, the, they can just historically say, hey, man, I, I built guns at a gun shop way back in the day. And I understand that, and I just hope I can keep finding good guys. They're, they're kind of hard to come by, and and uh, when I lose them, it always kind of feels like a, a little piece of the puzzle fell off. There for a long time, you were getting most of your guys directly out of the Marine Corps. Uh, is it still that way? Yeah, I mean... I, all my guys are actually pretty much military. That's a, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I always try to hire military guys if I can. I mean, they, they kind of understand working together and they understand that there's got to be a boss and that you have to be able to take orders. And so those guys just by themselves, regardless of how they good are, our rifles just seem to work in better. But, um, Mark Hall, he used to be the, the shop chief at the 2112 shop out in Quantico. He works for me, has a long time. He's actually my production manager, Eric Reed was one of my very first guys, and he worked for me for seven years and then got offered a job as a civilian in Quantico instructing uh, new soldiers in precision rifle smith. Um, he's back now. He's uh, back in the Kansas City area with his family, and I've hired him back, so he's here. And then we just hired uh, Jeff Bosserman, who was a 
2112 for a number of years, got out, worked for the State Department in gunsmithing, and then went back to Quantico on the same gig as Eric, but he built M485s on contract. So the Marine Corps actually has some civilian contractors now that were former 12s that are building guns there right alongside the soldiers. So, yeah, you're right. I've always tried to keep those guys here. I've had a couple of other ones here in the shop that have came and gone, but um, we like building those uh, rifles, people like yourself, you know, whether they shoot them or not, like having them in their collection. And I do feel that because I hire a lot of those 12s and I have the, the history of all the way from the A1 to the current guns here in the shop right now that we can build them, you know, more correct than most because we have all the, the, the talent and the, and the, the knowledge here at our place. Um, do me a favor, George. I, I know when you first started building, it was almost exclusively um, M40A1 clones and, and uh, some PSR stuff. What does the scope of the rifles that you build now um, look like? Uh, very similar. Um, there wasn't a lot of competitions back then. I mean, there was a couple of big known ones down in Texas, uh, TAC Pro rifles only that were holding those type of long-range tactical perspectives practical type competitions now there's you know hundreds of them um every weekend you know at 60 or four or so major you know two-day gigantic matches a year so we, we still build a lot of guns for for competition and target um, we still build a lot of guns for law enforcement we have been lucky to get a couple small military contracts although we're not the size of a company that can handle large unit like u.s army u.s marine corps stuff we do do some stuff for smaller units. Um, we still build a lot of guns just for the the local guy that wants a really cool gun in his collection. So I'd say pretty much everything now. You're right. When we first started, it was mainly law enforcement and and then the guys that wanted a tactical type gun for long long range planking. And now it's kind of expanded. I would say what I call PRS rifles or competition rifles. We still do the law enforcement stuff. And then within the last three years, we've kind of launched a hunting line that's, that's doing pretty well. It's, you know, we're still kind of in our infancy of that, but it's doing better than I expected. I'm glad you mentioned that because I follow you on, on social media and I've seen some of your hunting photos. So I know you're a hunter. Almost everybody who shoots uh, hunts, not everybody, but a lot of them. So it's almost a natural progression. If you can build an accurate rifle and you can do it in a, a PRS or, or a, you know, a, a sniper type rifle platform, you should be able to build an accurate hunting rifle and then it only makes sense that your customers would want those as well. Hey, George, we got about two minutes. I want to remind all of our listeners that they can um, see you and your, your products, your work at uh, gaprecision.net and uh, follow you on Facebook at uh, GA Precision Rifle and Instagram uh, on GA Precision. So you've got all of your social media going. I, I know that we believe strongly in our social media presence, and um, I see, see you guys do as well. Yeah, we got Ken Lynn here. He kind of heads that up. Uh, within the last couple of years, we've gotten a little bit better presence on uh, Facebook and Instagram. That's some stuff I'm not... Other than posting pictures on Facebook, I'm not heavy into how to how that all works for companies, but I got a couple of guys that do that. And we did just launch a brand new website right at one week ago. So if you haven't seen the, the website yet, uh, go check it out. It's a little bit nicer than our old one. I actually have, and I noticed that you, uh, right on the front page, uh, you list uh, the actions that, that you're having made for you. Um, 
Unfortunately, we're out of time, George, so I'm going to have to let you go, but we'll okay, reserve Kelly, some time we'll... when you come back. We'll spend a little bit more time talking about your products and how you got where you are. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks again for your service and uh, look forward to the next time. Thanks for having me. You take care, Kelly. Okay. And I want to ask all of our listeners to stand by while we take a short commercial break and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. For over 40 years, Macmillan USA has been at the leading edge of the gun stock industry. The company was born out of the desire to improve and perfect form, function, and precision with every one of their premium fiberglass stocks. From tactical to hunting to competitive shooting, Macmillan stocks are designed to dominate. Their signature three-way adjustable butt plates, adjustable cheek pieces, rail mounts, and adapters provide a versatile platform built on performance. Over 65 custom finishes are available, ranging from solid colors to camouflage. Check out the Macmillan website for hundreds of stocks available for immediate delivery. And for those wanting something more specialized, call the knowledgeable and friendly staff at Macmillan for a complete list of options at 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Again, that's 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Now back to the show. Hi, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, you know, there are just some things that happen in in my life that just make me feel just about as stupid as you can possibly be. And uh, um, that's what just happened. But uh, suffice it to say, we've, uh, we're ready to roll. So I'm going to introduce... Cooper Balestrino. She's our social media director, and she's got a little bit she'd like to talk about. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me on again. I'm just here to remind our listeners to follow and like our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook at Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, and then on Instagram at Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. And for all things McMillan related, please sign up for our newsletter on our website www.mcmillanusa.com. Thanks, Cooper. Appreciate that. Now I've got something extremely important to talk about, something that we've been working on for several months and uh, we're just about ready to launch it, but I think now's the time to let everybody know what's coming. So I'm going to turn this over to my co-host, Zev the Wolf Nadler, since he's actually going to be the guy who's running the program, I think it'd be only fitting for him to tell you about it. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate that. So what we've done is we've taken a look at the very best gear that is used by the competitors and champions in several disciplines, Uh, the first one being ELR, and then also the F-Class as well as we also are going to be working with Precision Rifle. So again, it's ELR, F-Class, and PRS uh, are are the disciplines that we're looking at to bring the very best gear to you. And what that means is there might be seven or eight different types of of brakes out there, but we've identified which ones are the best. Uh, There might be a couple different target uh, uh, or type of uh, camera systems, and we've identified what's the best. Now, there also might be two or three really good choices for a product, and we'll be carrying those as well, such as in scopes. Uh, What really differentiates us here is that we're going to be getting champions in each of those disciplines to do a video or write up a little report on what that product does for them. Um, So that's really, really exciting. We think that that's a differentiator. Uh, what else can I tell them, Kelly? Well, you can tell them the name of the thing. Oh, the name of the website. That's a darn good idea. So because it all started off with the extreme long range, it is called ELRHQ.com, and that should be live by December 15th. Uh, it's going to be a great site. It's going to be kind of a community where people are going to be able to uh, speak with each other uh, You know, on 
on a form. They're also going to be able to see uh, the videos that I mentioned earlier. So we're really, really excited about it. And uh, it looks like we may even be uh, kicking off our first live sale event right before SHOT Show. Uh, we're putting together uh, uh, with Paul Phillips uh, from ELR Central a, uh, a preliminary ELR shoot prior to SHOT Show. And we will be there with our Easy Up and all of our products. So really excited. Great. Uh, thanks, I Appreciate you sharing that with us. Now, remember, folks, that's ELRHQ, basically ELR headquarters, and it's your one-stop shop for all champion vetted gear. Uh, so look for the website soon and uh, start look, checking out the uh, products that we're going to be carrying. Now, uh, to our next guest, um, really a terrific young man. Um Excited to have him on the show. I, I want to get to know him a little bit better. I do know that he builds some of the most accurate rifles there are out there. He's a, a McMillan fan, and and uh, I'm anxious to, to get to know him a little bit better. So um, I'm going to introduce Ryan Pierce of Piercision. Ryan, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, Kelly. It's uh, it's a real honor to, that you would select me to be on here. Um, so thank well, you. I just wanted to say that off the bat. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you here, and thanks for doing it. Uh, you know, we want to give all of our listeners a chance to get to know some of the better people in the industry, some of the people that I can relate to. And um, as uh, Zeb was saying, we're, we're using only the top vetted gear uh, in ELRHQ, and we chose your muzzle brakes because um, when we've talked to some of the best competitors out there, they're all saying, that's all I use is precision brakes. The muzzle brake is is the best break out there. So that's why we've got it in the store. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about your history, where you grew up, how you got into guns, and, and how you got to where you are at such a young age? Well, I uh, grew up hunting, um, shooting guns with my uh, uh, grandfather and my father. They got me into it. And then when I was a senior in high school, um, I started doing a little bit of F class and instantly got hooked. And figured, you know, I'd like to figure out how to build these myself, so I went off to school out in Colorado and uh, came back and was fortunate enough to get to um, apprentice under um, Norm Brooks at uh, Brooks Barrels. I worked there for a while, and Norm has more, has probably forgotten more than anybody else could learn in a lifetime. The guy's just a wealth of knowledge. Um, he, he could do anything. And then also uh, Jim C. of Center Shot Rifles, he took me under his wing and um, showed me how to do things efficiently and at the same time doing it, you know, correctly. Because, you know, a lot of people say, well, there's only one way to do things. You know, you can do it quick, but it's not right. Or you can do it right, but it takes a long time. Well, there's, you know, little things here and there that, you know, you can do to speed the production time up substantially while not, you know, sacrificing quality. So he was able to help me, you know, speed it up and make everything still perfect at the same time. So I was really fortunate and grateful that he took me under his wing um, on that. And then I've, there's been other gunsmiths, too, that are well-known um, that have helped me out. Uh, probably seven years ago, Speedy Gonzalez uh, invited me over to his shop in Trinidad and uh, just let me be there for the afternoon and we just chit-chatted about things and he showed me how he does things and um, at the time you know I was just a you know youngster so to speak didn't uh, was just getting into it and it was kind of an honor to be in a shop you know of 
his. You know, he's pretty well-known, famous gunsmith. Um, so that was that was really nice of them to to help me along and you know kind of mentor me and um, show me how to do things because you know getting out of school you don't know you know everything obviously so hands-on experience is kind of what uh, gets you there. So. You know it's it's not like this was rehearsed but we actually discussed that exact same thing with George Gardner on just uh, our first. Uh, um, guest on the show earlier about mentoring and how this industry is kind of unique, I think, in in that guys who are gun builders, custom gun builders, would actually teach you how to go into business to compete against them. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just, it's odd how that works out, but I love it about this industry. And, you know, I've, you know, my dad used to get after me about having people walk through the shop. And, of course, my, my statement to him was, the only way that I can ensure that people don't want to get involved in making fiberglass gun stocks is to show them what it what it's like. So if they take a walk through the shop, they'd say, "No way am I doing that." So yep. <laughs> I, I, I kind of use that as a way to to prevent people from competing with me. But hey, you know, there's people out there like Tom Manners, and and we get along. Um, I don't know that we could call each other friends because we don't you know see each other that often, but. You know, we show up at the same rifle matches or at the SHOT Show. He'll hang out in my booth for a while. I'll hang out in his. Um, yep. It's because we're competing for the same customers doesn't mean that we have to dislike each other. And the fact is, is that him being in business makes me a better businessman because if I don't want him to take all of my business, I've got to figure out how to do what I'm doing better. So that's yep. the way I look at it. Um, so you're doing something that I think a lot of people struggle with. First off, you have products that you sell, that you manufacture and sell, which helps with cash flow in between the build and getting paid for it. Um, mm-hmm. th- that's a tough thing for a lot of people to deal with. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but talk about your muzzle brakes specifically, because that's what I know the most about. Uh, tell us about how you got into to designing and building muzzle brakes and, and why that is such a big thing for you. So actually, it's it's kind of a, a cool story. So when I uh, um, was apprenticing under Jim C, um, he got offered a job down in Oklahoma for surgeon because um, his wife got transferred down in that area. So um, he had came out with the line of muzzle brakes. It was the muscle brake, um, and so he knew he wouldn't be able to you know keep up you know, with, with all that while working for surgeons. So I bought the line of brakes out from him. And, uh, so the, the unique, um, features about the brake is the first port is 90 degrees, which, uh, directs the gas and concussion away from the shooter. And then the preceding ports are angled to further reduce recoil. So you get a really effective brake without blowing your eardrums out and feeling like your face just got hit with a hammer. Um, I've shot some other models of brakes out there um, and forgot to put hearing protection in, and my ears literally rang the rest of the day. I'm not recommending shooting my brake without hearing protection, but I've done it before. My ears don't ring the rest of the day. You know, when you're hunting, sometimes you don't have time to, to throw your muffs on or whatever. So, you know, it, it, I'm like I said, I'm not recommending not wearing hearing protection, but your ears won't ring the rest of the day. So... For, for a hunting break, it's awesome because you can still spot your hits and it's not overly obnoxious. So that was one of the very unique uh, design features that really sets it apart from all the others out there. I have a question for you. 
Yep. So I'm, I'm looking at both of the brakes that we have in here. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be carrying your brakes on ELRHQ. And yep. the muscle brake that you sent us was uh, sent with three popsicle sticks in the first port. Yeah. Any yeah. specific uh, thing I should know about these popsicle sticks? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so on the nut, so it's a self-timing um, for the listeners that don't have one in their hand. Um, so it's a self-timing unit, meaning you don't have to keep adjusting the shoulder um, on the barrel for the brake to time up. So what you do is you screw the brake down all the way and then um, rotate. You, you keep the nut in place and back the actual brake itself off until about it's in the 1130 position. And then what you do is, since the first port is 90 degrees, you just... I, I include a handful of popsicle sticks with each one. With each break, you just put three popsicle sticks in the first port, snug it down, because um, it's at the 11.30 position, so when you snug it down, it's going to torque over a smidge, and then it'll be at roughly the 12 o'clock position. If it doesn't end up perfect, just you know back it off and adjust accordingly. Um, but the popsicle sticks prevent it from um, dinging up the, the ports and everything, because if you have the wrong size punch or something like that, you know, not everybody's got the right set of punches and this and that and they're, you know, at their house. You know, not everybody's got all the tools that a gunsmith does. So it just makes it so, you know, the average guy getting it in doesn't go with a, you know, punch and just, you know, dings all the ports up and mangles it and all that. So that's that's the way around. I, I am actually getting a Delron tool made as we speak. Um, but for right now, until those are all made, the... Uh, um, popsicle sticks will do, and the the benefit is they're dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense, and and I tell you, Ryan, if if you really need to buy them cheaply, I can send you. We buy them by the thousands because we stir a lot of epoxy, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think we probably pay like you know a penny for ten of them. I mean, really, really cheap. So yeah, I just letting you know, I understand about cheap popsicle sticks. Uh, and that was my guess on this, and that's what I suspected that this was for. And I'm, I was thinking, gosh, such a great, and I'm glad to hear that you're having a Delron tool made to go with it because I thought, man, what a great looking piece of work. And then we get popsicle sticks. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem is the the Delron tool. I had it priced out, and I was going to have a couple slots on it made to where, um, you know, it, it serves more than one function than just snugging it down. But the problem is it's going to be about eight bucks a you know, a piece, so the brakes are going to go up a little bit, you know, if, you know, if it's included in every one. Um, I'll probably just offer it for sale separately, um, you know, because guys buy, you know, more than one, so they don't need, you know, a million Delron tools, so. Um, but, yeah, it would, it'll push the price up just a little bit, unfortunately. There's one other thing that I want to talk about as it relates to muzzle brakes, and that is, is that, that, the perception of muzzle brakes has changed over the years. Um, yeah. A lot of people were afraid to put muzzle brakes on. They thought that it affected the accuracy. They, you know, they didn't understand muzzle brakes, so they just didn't want to mess with them. Yeah. Uh, and then when they did come out with them, they wanted them to be, uh, you know, the same diameter as the the muzzle on the barrel where they're installing them, so they look pretty and everything. Mm-hmm. But but today. I think people are far more accustomed to having 
something that increases their performance and and does the job and not nearly as worried about it being so beautiful. And that's the one thing about that. The good thing for you is that this muzzle brake is a large enough muzzle brake for it to be really effective, even on a small, you know, muzzle barrel. And people have gotten to understand that, hey, you know, that's the way it is. If you want a big muzzle brake uh, for, you know, for its um, effectiveness, then you just get what you get. And yeah. and I think that that's how you've been able to sell a bunch of these muzzle brakes for hunting rifles, simply because people just aren't as critical as they used to be about what their gun looks like. As long as it yeah. performs, that's what they're really, you know, focused on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're absolutely right. Guys are getting over um, the fact that, you know, it's not perfectly seamless as far as the brakes OD compared to the OD of the barrel. Um, you can get something like that, but it's not going to be effective. Um, you know, I'm not going to name the names of the models of brakes out there that are like that, but the ones that are bigger and have more port volume are obviously going to reduce a lot more recoil. Um, so, yeah, the, the fact that you can blend... Um, I, I got a ton of different models the of brakes. just depends on the, the caliber, muzzle diameter, and all that, where... The, uh, the the two-piece self-timer, you can't turn it down and blend it into the barrel, but all the other brakes that I got, the five-port Magnum um, that you guys started carrying for the big, you know, ELR stuff, um, that, that actually Derek Rogers uh, won the King of Two Mile match down in uh, New Mexico. He was using your guys' uh, stock as well. Um, that one, you know, can be blended into the barrel. The back end of the brake can be uh, for a seamless appearance, and it makes it look, much nicer than just, you know, some big brick hanging on the end of the barrel. So, uh, do you have any other products? Yeah, yeah, I got um I got some smaller ones that are available for um like sporter contour barrels. Those are my most popular ones, um just cuz predominantly what I build is hunting rifles. Um I don't build any F-class rifles really anymore unless you're on the national team or something like that, you know, that gets me some advertisement just cuz they take so long to build those rifles. Um but the mini mags, those are really popular on the hunting rifles cuz they do a really good job and they they're not too big to where they look just, you know, gaudy. Um I do have some PR brakes that you can turn them down um to smaller diameters. However, they're still a side venting um, side discharging brake. However, the ports on them are all 90 degrees. They're not as effective as the muscle brake, but some guys are still in that mindset of I want it perfectly seamless and you know look like it's made on the barrel and all that. And so mm-hmm. I, I offer that form as well. So. That's awesome. Um, you you build really extremely accurate hunting rifles. Now, a lot of people say that's kind of an oxymoron. Uh, small, thin barrels don't necessarily shoot as big as the great big heavy ones. But but the fact is, is that you can get any gun. If it, if you're a good gun builder and and you get use good components, you can get any gun to shoot accurately for the first two or three shots. And I always say, if you if you need more than three shots, you're in trouble anyway. I don't know anybody yeah. who says, yeah, I hit that guy on the fifth shot. You know, <laughs> usually by the fifth, that he's so far away, they're just slinging lead if they're shooting yeah, that thing. Yeah, it's a Hail Mary so. at that point. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. um, talk about your rifle building. So I took, uh, so I after I apprenticed um, under Jim and Norm and learned some from Speedy, 
I kind of took their techniques that they showed me and kind of molded them into my own way of doing things and started making um, F-Class rifles for customers. And it didn't take too long, and we started winning a whole bunch of matches. Um, I think we're at, like, 21 first-place state championships right now and, like, 23 gold medals at the national F-Class level For as far as, you know, not, like, first-place finishes, but, like, you know, guys are on the team that got first place or, you know, they got a gold medal for this relay or something like that. Um, so, I mean, it's just been, I don't know how many championships we're at right now in records, but it's, it's a lot. So I figured out, you know, trying different things, what worked in that area and figured, Hey, you know, if it shoots lights out for this, I can simply transfer it over and, you know, make the hunting rifle shoot good. Now, granted, you got to have a little more clearance in some areas for, for hunting rifles, just because, you know, it's obviously a lot more dirty environment than, you know, sitting on a range and shooting 50 shots in pretty much clean conditions and, you know, taking it over to the bench and cleaning it at the end of the day. But um, by and far, um, as far as indicating everything in and betting it and all that, it's the same techniques. So it just kind of went from there, and guys have been buying up the hunting rifles left and right because they just shoot lights out. Um, I, you know, regularly get groups from, customers in the point ones and twos with some of them even sending them in the point zeros which for hunting rifles i'm more than happy with i mean that's that's awesome so i'm uh i'm very thankful for all the the customers that i've had as far as getting my name out there um it wouldn't be possible without the f-class guys those that's my base roots you know that's how i got everything going um guys like ian clem um engineer up at vortex um, cool thing about Ian is he designed the Vortex Golden Eagle, and he actually used it to win um, mid-range Burger Southwest Nationals this year, and he got first place at the FTR Long Range Nationals up in Lodi. So he got two first-place championships at national level this year with a scope that he designed. Yeah, so that's was, really uh, cool. That's pretty he, cool. Not it, not too many people can say they've done that. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ian is uh, one of our uh, champions that we use to vet uh, the products that we're going to have on ELRHQ. So, uh, you know, he's a, a big McMillan fan, and, and all of those things that you mentioned he's done, he's done with a McMillan stock, so that, that makes yep. me proud as well. Hey, yeah, Ryan, we've only got about two minutes left, and I'm sorry okay. we didn't get enough time to cover everything I wanted to. Uh, but you have an online store, and one of the things that makes you different about everybody else is that you have rifles in stock rather than just building yeah. custom rifles. So let yep. everybody know how to get a hold of you, how to find your website, and, and what they yep. can expect when they yeah. see it. So uh, I have all the parts in stock. I have um, Kelbley Actions um, in stock. I got Defiance Actions on the way. Um, they'll be here soon. I got Brooks barrels in stock. I got uh, some proof barrels that are going to be on the way. I got McMillan stocks in. I got more on the way. I got Manor stocks, HS. I got some MPA chassis coming. Um, I got Triggers, Bix and Andy, Timney, Jewel. I got all the dies. It's pretty much a one-stop shop. Everything's in stock. You don't have to wait seven to ten months to get your stock. Right now, my lead time on a rifle um, is about four to five months backlog um, from when you say I want a rifle. I do a full down payment on parts, labor's due upon completion. Um, best way to get a hold of me, um, send me a Facebook message. 
Uh, it's Ryan Pierce. I don't have a business page. I just I don't have time to do two pages. Um, or you can call the shop phone. Um, that number is 563-776-4127. Leave a message. I will get back to you. Um, being a one-man shop, though, the... The, the bad part about that is is I can't spend all day on the phone, so it might hey, take me a week you know, to get back to people sometimes, yeah. unfortunately. I want to make so. sure that all our listeners know you spell your last name P-I-E-R-C-E, yep. uh, and it's PrecisionRifles.com. There yep. is another Pierce in the uh, Precision Rifle business that uh, spells a little bit differently, so I want to make sure they get you when they're looking for you. Hey, yep. Ryan, we're out of time. Uh, really enjoyed you coming on the show. Uh, good luck with everything you've got going on. I'm really impressed with you and your products. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we here at ELRHQ are going to sell a lot of your products. We'll get to be a lot closer uh, over the next couple of years. Sounds great. And, Kelly, I just want to say thank you for having me on today. It was a great experience. And uh, if you guys ever have any questions, just give me a shout. And, and thanks again. Absolutely. Okay, I'm just about out of time, but I want to make a quick shout-out to Lansky Sharpeners. I was at uh, the NASGW show just about uh, a month ago, and I I talked to them about having a hard time uh, sharpening my uh, diamond blade knives because their blades are so hard. Uh, They gave me a couple of different options uh, to try, and they both worked out great. I'll talk more about those in in an upcoming show because we're out of time now. I want to thank everybody for being with us today. I uh, hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and, and enjoy the holiday uh, season coming up. Uh, we'll be here next week uh, on voiceamerica.com with Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Thanks, and go out and enjoy this beautiful country. Thank you for tuning in to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Be sure to come back for more next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The weekend is here. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk again next week.